Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to a bonus episode. You are listening to episode 144, and I'm talking with Tony Dungy. Though he needs no introduction, Tony Dungy is a two-time Super Bowl champion, once as a player and once as a head coach. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. He's a studio analyst for NBC's Sunday Night Football coverage, a best-selling author, and he and his wife, Lauren, have 10 children. Tony was back in town here in Indianapolis for the Edge Mentoring Conference. Edge Mentoring is a nonprofit organization that sharpens the influence and impact of tomorrow's leaders through meaningful mentoring relationships. And if that's not an organization that Tony speaks really well to, I don't know what is. In this episode of the podcast, we get to talk about his passion for mentoring young adults and That's just one of many things we cover in our short time together. I want to say a big thanks to my friend, Sarah Holsapple with Holsapple Communications for setting this interview up. It's definitely a dream interview for me. And so I'm very thankful. Hey guys, if you are new to the show today, I want to say a special welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. And this podcast is a podcast where I talk to athletes, both professional and amateur. I talk to coaches, I talk to entrepreneurs, anybody who I think will be motivating and inspiring and bring a great conversation to your ears. So I appreciate you tuning in today and I hope this episode will convince you to stick around for more to come. If you aren't already subscribed to the show, make sure you do that so you don't miss an episode in your feed. And if you're loving the show and you've been listening for a while, if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review, that's one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. And hey, if you are new to joining this podcast, you can leave a rating and review as well if you enjoyed this episode. All right, guys, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Enjoy my conversation with Tony Dungy. We have Tony Dungy here on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. It's great to be back in Indianapolis and great to be on with you. Okay, so when my friend Sarah coordinated this interview, the first person I thought of was my grandma. (laughs) Really? She was a huge Colts fan and an even bigger Tony Dungy fan. Well, I tell you what, that was the neat part of the whole thing for me being here as the head coach, Uh, not just being part of the Colts, but part of the community and connecting with fans and people. Uh, it was awesome for me, for my family, and something I'll never forget. So did you watch the Colts game last night, Colts-Patriots? I did, and I was disappointed at the final score, but encouraged about some of the things that I saw. And uh, seeing Andrew Luck back healthy and playing like he can play, I think that's good for our future. I saw some defensive players really flying around and competing. And I think once we get our players healthy and get some of the young guys working together, I think the future looks bright. And you're still cheering for the Colts? I do. I, I can't always do it on the air. I'm not supposed to, but uh, when I'm not broadcasting, I definitely cheer for the Colts. For a running podcast, you are allowed to tell everybody that you cheer for the Colts. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, though, you just mentioned to me that you ran the 500 Festival Mini Marathon 5K last year. I ran the 5K. My wife is a huge runner. Uh, she only started about 10 years ago, but she loves it, so... They go all over Florida. She's got a women's running group uh, at our church. They go everywhere. 
So she's, we got to run the mini. And I'm like, there's no way I can run 13 <laughs> miles. Well, come up and support me. Let's do it. And when I found out, well, they do have a 5K, I said, I can do that. I can train. I can get myself where at least I can finish and do a 5K. So we had a lot of fun. And, and she and Anthony Calhoun did the 13.1 and just loved it. So what is Tony Dungy training for a 5K look like? Uh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. I have a course around my uh, <laughs> house we live in a kind of golf course community so I can run that course it's about two and a half miles and I'll start out run walking and then I'll try to run two minutes walk one minute run three minutes walk one minute and get going and it's all I can do to train and get myself where okay I, I can I can do this and mentally I feel like all right, I can make it and it'll be a struggle. But then when you get out there and the crowd's there and everybody's cheering, you get that little extra adrenaline rush. It's so fun, for sure. It was fun for me and we're, we're going to do it again this year. So. Did you get people you know, yelling out your name Amazingly, since you were here in Indianapolis? Yes. Yeah, it was, it was great. And just people waving and cheering for you and, hey, coach, good to see oh. you again. And it was, it was really, really neat. I know? love that. So you're in town for the EDGE Mentoring Conference today. Why is the mission of EDGE important to you? You know, it, it really reaching out to uh, young people. How can we impact uh, the lives of young people? So a lot of people here are trying to figure that out. How can I best lead uh, my group? How can I affect other people? How can I help people? And we've got some great speakers lined up, and everybody's got a topic. I'm looking forward to it. I'm talking about helping others and, you know, reaching out. But more than anything, it's how can we mentor our, our youth? Uh, so many of the young people who don't have that stable two-parent home, and where do they get the role modeling? And that that's always been uh, close to my heart, because as a coach, I know I could have an impact on so many young people because I'm in contact with them. And young people get it from team sports and coaches. But what if you're not involved in sports? Then where does that come from? And I think that's where this, this conference really comes into play. And speaking on that, how do you reach people? I mean, you know, I'm thinking of even my husband and, and siblings and uncles and the men in my life. How do you get the message across to people like that to take on mentorship roles to young adults? I think that's really the key, letting people know how important that is and that there are so many people out there that need that, that role model. And it may be, um, you know, our, our teachers, you know, obviously they do a lot in that regard, but um, how can we help and how can you connect and just have a little impact? And that's what I'm going to talk about today is all the people that went into you know, dug into my life and helped shape me that weren't a coach or a teacher or a parent. Um, just, you know, people that I came across that took an interest that said, hey, I I'm going to do a little thing to, to help you. Uh, I, I think back to growing up in Jackson, Michigan, a little small town, and Robert Burton was the director of the recreation center. And when I was 11 or 12, he, he said, hey, I don't want you guys hanging out on the street. If you ever want to come in and just play and work out, shoot baskets, I'll open the, the, the center up even if it's off hours, but I'd rather you come to me and do that than have no place to go. And just something like that, what a difference that can make in someone's life. Do you think that relationship with that person, do you think that that affected the success and the oh, outcome absolutely. of your life? Absolutely. I, I remember uh, when we won the Super Bowl in Miami, it's raining, 
and there's two minutes left in the game. We're ahead by 12 points. I know we're going to win. And I start thinking on the sideline, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. How did I become the coach of the Indianapolis Colts? And I thought about my mom and dad who had both passed away at that time uh, and the coaches that I'd had. But I thought about growing up and my peewee football coach and my assistant principal, junior high assistant principal, who talked me into not quitting the football team. And uh, my barber, who used to cut my hair every Friday and ask me how I was doing in school and how I was doing spiritually and what I was thinking about as, as a young man growing up and just all these people. And it was crazy because this was just going so fast in my mind. But I was on the sideline thinking everybody had a role in getting me to this point. Yeah, it just it really makes you think every every person you encounter, especially the young kids, yeah. like l pay attention to what you say because it matters. You would be surprised the impact that you have. And I, I meet people now that, hey, you spoke at my middle school, you know, in 2005. And here's what you said. Mm -hmm. And I may not even remember what I said, but they remember it. And, and it had an impact. I get letters all the time from people. My parents were both teachers. And uh, I get letters from people who I, I had your mom in public speaking in 10th grade. And mm -hmm. here's the impact that she made on me. I had your dad in anatomy class. And here's how he helped me. And it's just that is what tells me we can have an impact. Uh, we really can. A lot of times you don't think about it. You don't know it. But um, young people are looking. They're listening. They want to be encouraged. And we can either encourage them or we can kind of think it doesn't matter and and maybe not do all we can and and that's what this conference is about just encouraging people hey to go out of your way a little bit you mentor one person you can make a difference in a whole city so speaking of making an impact you and your wife lauren have 10 kids <laughs> seven adopted one foster child we do right now yes man <laughs> okay so my thoughts that my first thought is i have four kids ages six and under and i'm tired but I'm about half your age. Yes. So how are you doing this at 62? Well, my wife is tremendous, and it's definitely her mission in life. Uh, but we were, um, in, in 2000, I was coaching with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it came to us. We had done a lot of things in terms of pro-life and encouraging women not to have abortions, and it came to our attention that we had a lot of kids backed up in the foster care system and the adoption system. And I, I didn't understand that because I always thought, you heard the stories of people waiting four and five years mm -hmm. to adopt kids, going overseas. And they said, no, we've got a ton of kids right here in Tampa that need homes. And I thought, wow, that that's not right. And there, if there's something we can do. And we had been blessed at that time. We had a lot of space. We had a lot of resources. And so my wife said, we, we ought to do this. And it started with one. And it was a, a blessing to us. And that turned into two, which turned into three. And then we came up to Indianapolis and we adopted two boys here. And uh, it's just been beautiful. But we feel like that's something we can do to help the situation. So are you adopting these children all over age-wise? No, they're all infants, okay, all babies. Okay, you've adopted yeah. them all at yeah. infancy. Yeah, and wow. one or two days old, and um, we have seven now. Uh, oldest one is 18. We have a three-year-old and five in between. So we're at middle school soccer games and, and elementary school performances, and I just got a text from 
my nine-year-old that said I need to refill his lunch account. <laughs> so we have the same issues that all parents have. Think of Tony Dungy changing diapers yes. just a few years ago. If your yeah. oldest is three, are you out of diapers finally? Just barely, just finally. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, and talk about, you're talking about putting your money where your mouth is. I mean, you're, ta- you're talking about these issues, and then you're actually going to do something about it. What would you say, um, what's a word of encouragement to someone who might not have as many resources but wants to get involved in this kind of situation? There are so many ways, and you may not be able to adopt kids and take take on that role but there's so many ways you can help out and just uh, being around being involved uh, we have players that uh, would go to boys and girls clubs and just go there for a couple of hours and talk to kids and tell them about um, the benefits of staying in school of of reading and growing academically and some for some of these kids they hadn't heard that before but when an Andrew Luck says hey there's a benefit to staying in school uh, that has more of an impact than the teacher saying it. And so there, there's things you can do that don't take much time, uh, but you can impact someone's life. And as a coach, you, you know, it's a very, it was always very important uh, for you to coach players, not only to win on the field, but to be successful as fathers, as husbands, as leaders in the community afterwards. And then you have people like um, Marlon Jackson and Gary Brackett who are out there doing those things what does that mean to you when you see that? It, it makes you so proud because when, when I came, that was my message to the team. Hey, I'm here to be your coach. Uh, my job is to produce a winning team on the field, and we certainly hope to do that. But I'm telling you this has to be about more than that, and you guys are going to have a tremendous platform that you can use to help Indianapolis be a better place to live and take advantage of that. And we have so many guys that, that do that. I was at Hunter Smith's house last night. They had a reception for the Edge Conference. And to see Hunter and what he's done here and put his roots down and making Indianapolis a better place to live. And so many of the former players that came by to hear what they're doing now, I'm probably more proud of that. You mentioned Marlon and Gary and just all the work they do. And you say, hey, these guys played for me and we won a Super Bowl, yes, but look what they're doing now. It's awesome. Well, and it's no secret that your faith plays a huge role in your life. Um, how have you remained grounded in that through the really high highs and the really low lows? Because it's hard to let it get away from you in those moments. It, it can get away. The disappointments uh, can overcome you at times. Uh, and then the other side of the coin is when you have success and people say, oh, you know, you're doing well and this is fantastic. Uh, you can let that distract you and get you off track. But thinking about the role and the platform, and I always felt that way. You know, God had blessed me. Coaching position in the NFL, there's only 32 of them in the entire country. So I had a position that was high profile and that was desirable. Uh, but with that, in my mind, came responsibilities. And I, I wanted to use what God had given me to make a difference, uh, not just one o'clock on Sunday, but make a difference all the time. And uh, that was one of my goals. And fortunately, we had players and we had staff who bought into that and believed that. And that, uh, again, is what I'm, I'm really proud of. You've been married 39 years. Uh, you uh, contribute a lot of that to your faith. But what are some of your other secrets to making it work and being happy? Um, you have to value relationships and value your marriage. And again, look at what's really important. My mother and dad set the bar for me. 
and I, I watched them. I had I was fortunate. I had that role model of how my dad uh, treated my mom and and what their goals were and the things that were important. And my mom all the time uh, would would say, you know, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? And uh, I in the National Football League, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw men who had everything the world would value, notoriety, fame, money, but didn't have the marriage, didn't have the stable off-field situations. And you'd look at that and see that that's not good. So I, I think just having those examples uh, were, were great for me, but it, it made me realize what is really important. And that relationship with your wife, your family, uh, means much more than, than winning the Super Bowl. And how do you balance it all? The demanding career, the marriage, the 900 kids. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to plan and schedule, and you you have to realize what's important. And uh, I think the biggest blessing I had uh, when I was a rookie player, I, I was uh, signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the very first meeting we I ever had in professional football, Chuck Noll was my coach, and I remember it like it was yesterday, 1977, we're sitting there, and he said the first thing he said to us, welcome to the National Football League. You're now getting paid to play football, so that makes it your profession. You've got to treat it that way and treat it seriously, but don't make football your life. It's your profession. It's not your life. If you make football your entire life, you're going to be disappointed when you leave the game. You're all going to leave the game at some point, and you want to leave the game having benefited from it moving on to something else and as a 21 year old that that sunk into me and I saw him model that and I saw our older players model that that it's it's a game it's a profession it's what we do but it can't define you something else has to define you and for me that was my faith and what I want to do for the Lord but also what I want to do for the communities that I lived in all right we're going to wrap it up here with one last question Tony Dungy if you had one message to send to the world what would it be it would be, um, how can we help make where we are right now, where we live, a better place? And if everybody thought about that, uh, we would solve a lot of the problems we have. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. Great to be with you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Tony, for coming on the show and giving us a little bit of your time. Loved talking to you, and it was a true honor. Another big thanks to Sarah Holsapel with Holsapel Communications and the Edge Mentoring Conference for bringing Tony into our wonderful city of Indianapolis. Hey, you guys can find me on social media and that is Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram, Lindsay Hine on Twitter, and I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine over on Facebook where we have a group as well, which you should join. Links to everything that I'm mentioning here will be in the show notes lindsayhine.com. That's my website and you can sign up for my newsletter there as well. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your day.